You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So as we're going through the ninth chapter, we're looking at a series of relationships which make um, which make a woman either forbidden or permitted either to her husband or to her possible yavam, or to her brother-in-law in the event that her husband dies. We went through all of the classic um, Doraita, all the classic forbidden relationships mentioned in the Torah in the last couple of Mishnayot. And the Mishnah is now going to embark on what it calls secondary relationships, Shniot secondary relationships and these relationships which are forbidden but they're forbidden by the rabbis rather than written out explicitly or learned explicitly from the torah and i just want to remind us about uh, a little um definition of these which we learned in the talmud in yevamot when we looked at the seventh chapter of the mishnah and the talmud taught Tanu Rabbanan, our teachers taught, Mahem Shniot. What are the secondary relationships? And the Talmud there gives a whole list of these. And you'll recognize these as kind of sort of obviously forbidden relationships, but they are not mentioned in the list of forbidden relationships in the Torah. But nevertheless, the rabbis forbade them. M. Imor, his mother's mother, that's his grandmother, M. Aviv, his other grandmother, Ashet, Avi Aviv, and his uh, grandfather's wife, Aishet Avi Moore, and his um, uh, grandfather's wife on the other side, but Aishet Achia Av Mina M, and the wife of his father's half brother, the Aishet Achia Ha M Mina Av, and his, the wife of his uh, the um, his paternal his what his wife's. His basically the wife, his mother's paternal half brother, and his um, son's daughter in law, and his daughter's daughter in law. So, all of these are essentially forbidden by the rabbis, and and also his uh, the daughter of his stepson. He can't marry the daughter of his stepson. So, these are the secondary prohibitions. And the Mishnah in the ninth chapter is now going to pick up and say, Shniot midivrei sofrim. The secondary, the second degree prohibitions of from midivrei sofrim, from the words of the scribes. And what are we going to do with these? Well, let's carry on in the Mishnah. Shniya leval velo yavam. If it's second degree to the husband, but not to the yavam. Asur abal umuteret la yavam. If she is second, if the prohibition is second degree to the husband but not to the Yavam, she's forbidden to the husband and permitted to the Yavam. Just as we learned in the previous Mishnayah. If it's a second degree prohibition to the Yavam but not to the husband, she's forbidden to the Yavam but permitted to the husband. If she's a secondary prohibition to both of them, she's forbidden to both. So secondary, we, we just can't do it. And this is where it gets interesting. So if she is married, if she is married to someone 
for whom, whom she's forbidden to marry via one of these secondary prohibitions. In other words, it's a it's it's forbidden. It's it's not forbidden by the Torah. If it were forbidden by the Torah, the marriage would essentially have no no effect. She's married someone who the sages forbid her to marry. And it's very interesting. We're going to find out as we look at this Mishnah that she is actually punished for this. There's a some kind of double standard because she seems to be punished for this, but he does not seem to be, at least in the words of the Mishnah. So the Mishnah explains, she doesn't have a ketubah. She's going to be divorced. She is going to be divorced. We're going to learn her husband is going to be compelled to divorce her, but she doesn't have the right to the ketubah. She doesn't have the right to any fruits of her property that the husband has used during the time they were married. She doesn't have any right to essentially to be maintained in terms of her daily, you know, her daily needs for um, for upkeep, for food. And no depreciation on her on her. She doesn't have any right to depreciation on her property. And then the Mishnah concludes, Kofin and her husband is compelled to divorce her. So she gets a really she gets quite a raw deal out of this. And it is in contrast, by the way, to prohibitions which are biblically mandated. So the Mishnah goes on to say, if it's a widow married to a high priest, or a divorcee or a married to an ordinary priest. These are all forbidden relationships. And we've seen these lists before. Mamzeret from Jinnah Yisrael, a Mamzeret or a Netinah married to someone of Israel, but Yisrael, a Mamzeret Natin, or a daughter of an Israelite who's married to an Atin or a Mamzer. In all of these cases, yesh lahen ketubah. In all of these cases, they have a ketubah. So these kind of relationships, they're, they're forbidden. And yet, if there, is a, if there is a marriage, she has ketubah. She has rights on divorce. And the Gemara explains this to say, that you know these these forbidden relationships are forbidden by the Torah, and there's no need for the rabbis to reinforce their forbiddenness. But in terms of the of the shniot, the secondary prohibitions, these are ordained by the rabbis, and the rabbis need to be very anxious that the community will not listen to them, and so they build in these additional stringencies or you might say these additional punishments for any woman who would be prepared to get married on those terms more stringent than for for a prohibition which is spelt out in the torah now the mishnah is then going to go on to talk about um op, the op, to talk about to, to, to talk about the um, extent to which the daughter of a Kohen who marries an Israelite, or for that matter, the daughter of an Israelite who marries a Kohen, can eat Truma. And again, this you know chapter maybe seems to be a mirror image of the seventh chapter, because we, we need to go back 
to a Mishnah in the seventh chapter, which we looked at already, but just to remind ourselves. The fetus, the Yavam, the betrothal, the deaf, mute, and a boy who's nine years and one day old, disqualify but don't bestow the right to eat. In other words, as far as truma is concerned, if there's a fetus or a yavam or a betrothal, then someone who's involved can lose the right to eat truma but cannot gain the right to eat truma. It's almost like it's in a gray zone. And the Mishnah is going to spell this out in detail. But Israel arrested la Kohen, the daughter of an Israelite who was betrothed to a Kohen. So she hasn't married the Kohen yet. She's betrothed to him. Now, as soon as she gets married to him, she can eat truma. The wife of a Kohen can eat truma. But the Mishnah is telling us that until she's married to him, she cannot. In other words, merely by becoming merely through Kiddushin, merely through betrothal, she doesn't acquire the right to eat truma. Similarly, muberet mikohen, she's pregnant from a kohen. Shomeret yavam la kohen, she's a shomeret yavam to a kohen. In other words, her husband has died. Her husband has died. Her husband's brother is a kohen. So she's a Shomeret Yavam. She's waiting for Yibum from her brethren. And he's a Kohen. And similarly, the Chen Bat Kohen Li Israel. It works the other way too. The daughter of a Kohen who had any of these relationships with an Israelite, Lo Tuchal Bi Truma. So the, generally the daughter of a Kohen can eat Truma. She's in her father's house. But as soon as she embarks on one of these relationships she can't eat truma anymore because we we remember we said the mishnah in we we remember the mishnah in the seventh chapter these relationships can stop someone eating truma but they can't they can't allow someone to eat truma that they, they they only have a negative effect so a woman in this situation can't start eating truma but if she can already eat truma, if she's a daughter of a Kohen, she has to stop at this point. Now, and the same thing, by the way, applies with a Levi. But Israel more rested la Levi. Well, now we're going to get a carbon copy of the first half of the Mishnah in the second half. But Israel more rested la Levi, the daughter of an Israelite betrothed to a Levi. Muberet mi Levi. Maybe she's pregnant from a Levi. Shomeret yavam la Levi. She's shomeret yavam to a Levi. And similarly, in the other way around, v'chein, but Levi Israel, And similarly, the daughter of a Levi who has any of these relationships with a Yisrael, with an ordinary Israelite. Lo tuchal b'maser. She can't eat mas. She can't eat maser. Only Levi'im can eat maser. What if she's a daughter of a Levi engaged to Kohen? But Levi mo'areset la Kohen, so the daughter of a Levi is betrothed to a priest or pregnant from a priest, or she was Shomer Yavam from a priest to a priest. And similarly, the daughter of a priest with a Levi, if it goes the other way around. They can't eat. 
לא ואי תרומה ולא ומעשר. שיקרתי תרומה, שיקרתי מעשר. שיקרתי מעשר because um, she's no longer entitled to eating תרומה. She's no longer entitled, they're no, no longer eat, if she's a bat levi, she can't eat ma'aser in her father's house. If she's a bat kohen, she can't eat um, um, truma in her father's house. But as far as the man that she's got a relationship with, that relationship isn't really consummated yet. And so she can't eat truma or ma'aser in his house. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.